G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. One man that's really put the cat amongst it in supercars, Ripco Supercars, is Andre Heimgartner. Out of the blue this week, Andre goes, oh, by the way, I'm leaving Kelly Grove Racing. And then a couple of days later, he says, I'm going to Brad Jones Racing. Andre joins us right now. Are you out of quarantine in Perth yet, mate? <laughs> Hi, good to be on the show, but... Um... Yeah, not yet. So a couple more days and then, um, yeah, out of quarantine and I'm free. You must have been one of the smartest guys I know. You take your sim in with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrapped up the seat and chucked the computer and everything and I managed to haggle someone for a frame here and, um, yeah, just managed to put one together. So not missing out on all these serious stuff. And um, it's actually pretty useful in quarantine because you're starting to burn out. Yeah, well, actually, funny you should say that. I mean, you know, your results in the old uh, E-Series, I don't think they've been that good, have they? And you're in, you're sitting in isolation there in quarantine, mate. What else you got to do? You should be going really good. You should be winning races by now. Well, I've, I've never been a game owner. I'm quite young myself, but I was just talking to someone about this the other day. I said I've never been one from a kid to now to sit in front of a computer and just play a game. It does my body hit, and I can only really be on a PlayStation for five minutes until I get bored, so... Uh, it's sort of a bit of the same with the sim. I just don't have the attention span to be on it all day and, you know, fiddling with the settings and just really trying to get it to the nth degree. But, yeah, the results have been pretty poor, but I think that's more a reflection of the uh, the time spent probably more than anything else. Andre, let's get down and dirty on what really matters, and that's the uh, Repcar Supercars Championship, because next year you are no longer at Kelly Grove Racing. You are going to Brad Jones Racing. First part of the question is, why are you leaving? Kelly Grove. <laughs> uh, just like to mix things up, really, keep everyone guessing. Oh, that that is a pile that's not of a, hogwash. That's not, yeah, Come on. that's not an answer. That is not an answer. I mean, but you are going to have to do better than that. Were you just been sitting around too much, locked in locked down in Victoria, and all of a sudden you woke up one morning, like uh, Nick Perkat has said, woke up one morning, which I don't believe a second of, that he woke up one morning and went, you know what? I need a change. Rubbish. Now, come on. Give us give us the good oil. You know, obviously, just didn't quite click there. Uh, the new owners, whatever it is. I mean, I know you had a good relationship, great relationship with Todd Kelly and Rick Kelly. Things have changed. You know, did it just not uh, feel the same vibe as what it had before? Um, yeah, 100%. There's so many different aspects to it. One of them is, you know, I'm currently, just before you rang, looking at places to live on the Gold Coast. So that was one big, big ticket item with the leaving the team, which I was allowed to do and um, just live somewhere better. I think I got disillusioned with living in Melbourne for a start. So that, that's sort of the off-track stuff. And then, yeah, the rest of it, look, I think the team's going in, in good places. The new owners obviously have the right intentions and good backing behind them. But, um, you know, we sort of, uh, I think we missed each other's shot a bit. And, um, you know, I just decided it was, you know, time to chase something exciting. I, I've always been... Um, you know, spoken to Brad, we've always sort of been, um, you know, seeing where each other is and it's sort of always been a bit, not on the cards, but it's always been something we're both, you know, interested in exploring more me going to the team. So, um, yeah, it's just something that I think fits in nicely. It fits in well for this part of my career, where I'm at, what I want to do, um, and they have fast cars. So I think that, you know, it's a good reason to go there. And, um, you know, I think the Groves as well, they wanted to, explore you know other options young young guys young talent and um, it's just good that another New Zealander hopefully Matt Payne will 
you know, get a stare, which is really awesome as well. Yeah, well, we'll talk about going to Brad Jones in a, a two sex, but I just want to go back to Todd Kelly because obviously the relationship was the key to you. What did you learn off Todd Kelly that made it made the decision probably easier to go knowing he was no longer involved? Yeah, I, I almost 100% would have stayed probably if Todd was still involved in the family. I had a really close relationship with with Todd um, on and off the track and, and Rick and, you know, the whole family. So for me, I felt, you know, obliged to them and, um, you know, that they brought me on and took a risk. Otherwise, I'd be, you know, not having nothing to do with motorsport. So that was a big part of it. You know, I'm a pretty loyal person and, um, you know, I know, you know I'm not, I'm not going to stuff people over if they've done me, you know, a solid in the past and stuff. So... For sure, I think you know, I would have I would have probably stayed, but him um, selling his part of the team sort of freed up that part of it to me, and I could look at it from an objective point of view where uh, you know I wasn't biased and influenced in that way, and um, I guess that sort of helped me nudge me to make a decision. It's listen, it's been to be straight up, you know, it's it's been a bit of a challenge, obviously there with Kelly Racing. Over the years you've been there, I mean, again, they, they gave you that, that opportunity, which is awesome. But, you know, it's just it's been a bit of a struggle. It hasn't been as consistent as what you'd like. And, and you just mentioned a, a minute ago about uh, Brad Jones Racing and, you know, they've got fast cars. But, again, they look pretty similar when you start to go through the results and, and see sort of where they sit in a sort of consistency level in the championship. Personally, I don't – I think they've got pros and cons, both of them, but – they don't seem to me to be, you know, a, a place that you are going to win a championship or be consistently, you know, in the top five. Do you see that differently? Because I think the results tell a story. Um, oh, I think it's more of a sideways step in many respects. Um, I don't think you're okay. obviously going to go and win championships. But, um, for example, Perkett finished in the top ten of the championship every single year apart from the first year that he's with the team. So... You can say that to him, you can say whatever, but the car's done it and they can do it. Um, Fabian Coulthard, when he first went to the team, was leading the championship in various phases of, of um, proceedings. So, look, the team's shown um, potential, you know, potential to win, potential to be on pole in the past, you know, may not be consistent, but the potential's there and the consist- consistency is, you know, better than what I'm able to achieve at the moment. So, I'm just trying to, from that point of view, put myself in the best position um, to achieve that consistency. And um, if I could have a similar outcome to season as to Nick, you know, that'd be a good step in the right direction. Andre, did Brad approach you? Uh, well, yeah, it's just we just we always keep in contact and we always talk. So it just yeah, obviously came up. Um, you know, I, I didn't know about the Percat stuff, but it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a, a can I ask? Is, right. it a, is it a multi-year deal? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah more than one year, so I won't be going anywhere for a while. <laughs> it's, it's it's more than it's more than one year and less than ten. Yeah, exactly. So Pick a number. Yeah. Uh, so you'll be what? You in Camaros, right? Uh, I don't know. I think if they stick with the GM product, yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully, you get a Camaro road car, but I doubt that. But um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. There's two good options. Though. I don't know which car will be better for the car in the future. I think. Triple Eight, you know, you can't go past them with their development, and it seems like from what I've seen, they're doing the most development out of anyone versus the Mustang teams. But um, 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which one has the measure or if they are identical, because um, normally one has the advantage over the other. So, so what do you what do you think you're going to learn, or how do you think you're going to become a better driver next year? Mm. Um, I think it's also being exposed to new people. Um, you know, I've had the same engineer. You know, Dylan has been really good the last four seasons in a row, uh, five including the first year race. So, just a change in engineer, change in personnel and you know um greg will be able to sort of be testament to this when you go to a new team you experience different people they're different styles you just learn different stuff you know and you open your horizon and um you sort of take a step forward in that sort of way so i think that's going to be a big part of it as well um, just, uh, yeah, mate, I totally agree with what you just said there too. It, it is, you know, finding those relationships and, and having those sort of subliminal sort of connections with, with the key people like your engineers, you know, they sometimes they, they fall into place where, you know, where it just works and yet it's almost unspoken language sometimes and, and sometimes that's not the case and you do need to continuously try and find those and, and you know, learning from new people is 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 a really interesting way because you, you open your eyes when you've been somewhere for so long. Sometimes you, you tend to sort of get a bit of tunnel vision. So that, that'll be interesting to talk to you once that does happen next year. Hopefully we're going to get some racing underway between um, uh, now and then um, with the changes, obviously, to the calendar and bits and pieces for supercars coming Winton up. Winton just got cancelled, by the thing, way. The what did? Yeah, that was... Winton. You could, you could have seen that coming. Winton just got cancelled. No, that was coming. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, Stephen. That was that was that was an obvious one. Oh, anyway, well, it's official. Um, Come on. <laughs> sorry, wow. mate. Um, but hey, Andre. So just uh, based on uh, what you know um, and the the fact that we mentioned before about uh, Nick Percat uh, coming up with some bizarre story about him waking up and leaving the team, um, that would have to mean that he is going to WAU, wouldn't it? You'd imagine. I don't know. Where Alfred go, AFC would have no idea. I don't really talk to Nick that much, but uh, that seems a logical, re- you know, thing. Hearing behind the scenes stuff, I don't um, don't hear anyone else really in the frame for that. So, um, you know, I think it makes sense. He's been there before. I, I, there's rumours they're trying to get him before. So, um, yeah, who knows? I think um, it'd be a good fit for him. Cool to see him get go against Chaz and um, you know see you know what drama they can unfold. Do you, do you think yeah. you're becoming a more yeah. senior driver now? Uh, for sure. Ouch. I think obviously a bit, more, a bit more established, but I'm still only 26, so I'm still uh, very young. Are you? People obviously forget how, long, oh. how young I am. Yeah, only 26. So I've been around supercars for a while. I think it's my sixth or seventh season coming up. So, um, yeah, a little while. But I guess, yeah, I guess I don't see it that way because um, time just flies. But um, when I've talked to other younger drivers and, you know, um, you start listening to the media. And the other day it said um, I was like a 180 race veteran or something. I'm like, Jesus, it's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's not a word that should be associated with a 26-year-old as, as veteran. But you have been around a long time. You started uh, a long, long time ago and you've done a lot of racing. Mate, what, I mean, how much are you really looking forward even though you know there's change happening and, and that's that's great and hopefully it'll all work out towards the end of the year I'm sure it will but how much are you guys looking forward to getting back into some sort of routine and going car racing again I mean it is it must be hard not doing anything yeah it is very hard so um, you know we're just praying next year we can revert to some normality and um, you know just it being so disrupted and um, 
and everything changing in five minutes. You can't even, you know, book to go get a haircut because you don't know if you're going to be caught off to go quarantine for two weeks or, you know, um, having to do some random sporadic test day because, you know, they, it's the only time they can get it in or, you know, they make so many plans, they all get cancelled and you plan everything around it. So it's a very difficult part like that, but everyone else has the same problem. So um, it, it's just one of those things, but it does make it very difficult for a race team, for the drivers, everyone to, um, you know, facilitate and run a race team. What do you make of the uh, six-day bonanza end of your Mount Panorama to finish the season off? Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I when I first heard of it, I'm like six days. Jesus, we only really need three to knock it over. But then I actually um, read into it, and I'm like, oh, like the amount of categories and the amount of action that there'll be. Like it's really the best categories in Australia coming, you know, to one. And it, it will sort of remind me a bit of when we did the New Zealand Grand Prix. The best drivers were in New Zealand. We had cool categories, um, cool racing, and it was really something different. I guess that we haven't seen before. So there'll be so many different cool categories that I'll even want to watch. You know, Formula um, S5000s, I think, are going to be there. That's going to be wicked to watch around Bathurst. So, yeah, there'll be so many different things. They'll be actually very interesting to watch. Mate, um, it's uh, looking pretty hard at the moment to uh, see... You know, open open border between New Zealand and Australia again uh, in the near future. But let's hope that does change uh, with uh, the vaccinations and bits and pieces. But uh, uh, a one-off New Zealand Grand Prix again next year. You and I went. To, well, we didn't really go to battle because you were too fa- too much faster than me this year. Um, <laughs> would that be something you'd uh, you'd look to try and do again if uh, if the opportunity opportunity presented itself? Would you love to go and do another Grand Prix? Um, yeah, I'd l- I'd love to. I, I guess I have another thumb to break as well. So. Um... Yeah. It'd be, it'd be yeah, really good. <laughs> so that's the only thing. I was, you know, obviously, I didn't go too well for me last time. Walked away with a really injured thumb, which was an ideal, but got second in the race. So that was awesome. But yeah, that was, I yeah, I think it was a bit like you, Murph. I, I wasn't. The cars were actually not as impressive and and um, like what I thought they were, like from back in the day. But the whole event, you know, the other drivers, the camaraderie, and just the the lack of pressure there was at that event and how fun it was and the big crowds. It was just awesome to see New Zealand Motorsport, even just for one round, be up and active and, you know, um, just a bit of hype around it. Yeah, Murph actually found them quite hard to steer. They had to get a lighter steering rack for him. Were you the same? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So every every single driver had to get Uh a lighter rack. So it was a bit weird. It was very weird. I don't know how some little um, European 13-year-old kid would be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, uh, just just quickly, uh, I really want to know, are you are you a total motorhead? Like, when you finish with supercars at the window, do you say, OK, what's happening in F1? What's happening in IndyCar? What's happening in MotoGP? What's happening in WSPK? Um, I never used to be, um, and I, I'd probably say... As far as cars go, I'm not really that much of a motorhead. I watch Formula One every weekend, and I'm, I'm into that. But apart from that, I don't, I'm not really interested in GT stuff, the 24-hour stuff, I don't know. But I love MotoGP at the moment. The racing in that's just outstanding. And the last lap battles, they have the changes for the lead just across the line. And I find that so interesting and um, just how they you know maneuver those bikes. But, yeah, I uh, do love watching um, things. I like Formula E every now and then and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a you know, bit of a petrol head. All right, mate. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're probably getting sick of uh, hotel food in Perth. Can I just can I be nosy? Why Perth? 
<laughs> I'm not in the hotel. I've got my beautiful girlfriend cooking for me, so um, we're in her apartment. So, um, they do it good in Perth. They do it good in WA. They've got it sorted, the whole isolation thing. Doing yeah. it tough yeah, as Andre Heimgartner. Wow. you, you got to get some brownie points, though. All right. Hey, Andre, it's always a pleasure having a gas with you. And we certainly will like everybody Good chat. wants supercars going back. Take it easy, mate. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate.